Jake. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars, Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Wednesday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. It's a fun show so far. You got the podcast at theticketfm.com. We had a good discussion about is cotton candy actually candy or is it just something else? During the mailbag, I'll talk to Sean. Not really a good discussion. It There's was. only one answer. No, it, it, I don't view it as candy. I don't know what I view it as. It's just garbage. All right. Just telling just you. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's I not feel. candy. It's not in the candy aisle. I just said I think I, I bought some. You think you bought some. You think. Harrison. You can't buy cotton candy at a gas station. You say something that's called candy isn't candy. That's odd. That's where I that's where I lose this battle, but still I don't again I think of candy bars and like Tootsie Rolls as candy, not cotton candy. I wasn't getting that much hate on the text line for that take, by the way. You're um, It's not your standard candy. Can you offer cotton candy at Halloween? We are. Huh? We no, have, you can't. We happen to have a radio show at one of the bleakest times in Nebraska sports <laughs> history. So and, we argue about cotton candy instead. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm concerned about the way it's affecting you at this point. You know what the worst part is? I, Jake, can't, like, I can't go play golf soon because it's, it's dark outside and cold. Can't you play that indoor golf? Oh, I might, have to, golf? I might have to go like, build myself my own personal one so I can just do that and cope. Go to Top yeah. Golf. I will. Plenty. I need a membership or need my own at my house. Maybe what you need to do is get back into a basketball league. You used to do that a few years ago. Yeah, uh, I suck at it, though. It makes things worse. <laughs> I'm not good at basketball. You know, I, I chuck up a bunch of threes. I make you know two of 30 in the game. But Nebraska I feel, was 5 of 20 last night. Yeah, that's, so about, where I, I, yeah, that's about where I would be at. Again. <laughs> you can play for Nebraska. Where, yeah, if you're just tuning in and you weren't watching the game last night and assumed Nebraska just were, was going to win, you were wrong. Nebraska basketball lost last night to Western Illinois 75-74 at PBA. They're now 0-1 to start their season. They've, they've lost their first game two of three years under Fred Hoiberg now. They were a 16.5-point favorite. Um, so it was a, that was a pretty mammoth upset. Although, uh, again, if you want to look at the bright side here, there's upsets. You know, this is a weird time of year where mm-hmm. the first couple games, yep. weird things happen. Uh, absolutely, Jake. Good teams lose. Again, the, the Citadel beat Pitt pretty handily last night, which is very odd. Yes. Ohio State needed a buzzer beater to beat Akron last night. Okay. See, there you go. There you go. So weird things happen. Yep. Then you watch Seriously. Iowa kick the crap out of Longwood. But, but, but just stick with that. I mean, okay. this was an upset, and right. that happens, especially early in the season. Um, Okay. We're going to get to football here in a second. Yeah, Is we, that right? How about right now? How, I, I think Mike has oh, a Mike. comment. Oh, okay, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike usually has got a good comment. So yeah. before we get to back on track, Mike, you're on early break. Go ahead, man. What do yeah. you got? Good morning, guys. I won't uh, restate your litany of things that are concerning about this team. Okay, okay, okay. But the thing that I find really alarming, and I don't think you guys touched on it, basically we played six guys. Mm. I mean, there, there no one got minutes other than those six guys to speak of, and not many guys even got in, period. 
And I thought, you know, like at the beginning of the game, you know, Brett has talked about how Bryce McGowan has let the game come to him. Well, in the beginning, he wasn't. I mean, he was just, you know, trying to take over all the time, and he couldn't hit his rear end with a shovel and to start the game. And I just think that, you know, that would have been a good time maybe sit him down, minute or two, hey, calm down, it's okay, you know. Um, or if you're, you know, your point guard has one assist the whole first half, mm-hmm. and maybe sit him down saying, hey, man, where where was this, you know, the last two um, exhibition games, you were fantastic. Here's what we need you to do. If they think they can go the whole season playing six guys with 95% of the minutes, I, I don't see them surviving the Big Ten, and that was alarming to me. Latman didn't play. Mm-hmm. Eduardo Andre didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's my concern. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, start of year, we got a lot of guys, so we're going to have options. If someone isn't playing well, whatever, we have a couple injuries, we're going we're gonna to go pretty deep. It sure didn't show up last night. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. Hey, Michael, thanks for calling. Um, okay, let's stay right there. Yep. Let's stay right there. Th- this is a game Nebraska got out-rebounded 57-37. to So isn't that where Eduardo Andre might help you? I think so. Now, that's curious to me why he wasn't in there. Isn't this – He was He was that at the game. I, I saw him. He, he was, was there. there. He was there. Okay. Was Lat there? I don't know for sure about okay. that. I wasn't, I, but Ed Andre was there. Lat Mayans had back issues. Right. Now I didn't. Now I read the game stories. I didn't see anything. There's probably it was probably in the notes and I missed it. But we'll we'll uh, we'll get the, we'll get to the bottom of that. They have to. He's my, Mike's exactly right. In the grinding Big Ten. Now, I mean. In the grinding Big Ten, you absolutely need a lot of bodies, and you need big bodies. I, I know I, I'm sort of a broken record on that, but I believe strongly in it. In this league, you have to have bigs that can defend the rim and score for you when your outside shots aren't falling. You have to – you know, that's probably in Nebraska's case a pick-and-roll discussion, right? Um, and they're pretty good at that. I mean, Derek Walker handles that part of the game real well. I, but, but, I thought it was but interesting. It was defended very well last night because they tried to do it and just kept getting tipped away by the hands of Western Illinois. See, see, Colorado acted like it had never seen that before. And Western, Western Illinois, Illinois said, yeah, you're not going to do that to us. Now, they, uh, there's a lot of concerns coming out of this. Derek Walker only got three shots. I don't understand that. That's their big. Okay, so he that's that's all you got. You got three shots That's out it. of Derek Walker? Yeah, it wasn't a factor. I'm not giving Derek Walker. This is not me criticizing Derek Walker. This is me criticizing Fred. That's all you get out of your big? I mean, come on. 29 minutes, three shots. Eight rebounds. That's, I mean, you can beat Sam Houston State that way, and they will. But you're not beating Michigan that way, okay? You're not beating a good Big Ten team that way. So that's that's something to watch for sure. And the mental toughness issue is the is maybe the biggest thing to watch because what is the Big Ten? It's a grind. It's a mental grind. Obviously, it's a physical grind. But when you get into that league, Jake, it's just it's a it's a you better be mentally tough. It, These it, teams yeah. all have team psychologists for a reason. I mean, yeah, they need they need to start working out here. <laughs> all right, to, we, to Mike's point, by the way, before we move on, yeah, uh, we're talking a lot of hoops today. Nebraska, as you said, off the bench, you had three points. One three-pointer by Kisei Tominaga, nothing else. Bach had a rough debut. It just, you know, he's a freshman, rough freshman, debut. Freshman, yeah. 11 he's, minutes, he's four fouls, no points, no rebounds, rough debut. He's a freshman. I mean, but that's, yeah, he'll work through things. You can say all you, I mean, again, we talked about 20, you know, 20 
boards, uh, they had more than Nebraska. Western Illinois had 57 to 37. But they also, their bench outscored Nebraska 18 to 3. Yeah. It, it, Mike my, made a good point. Mike made a good yeah, point. You got to have bench production here. So. Okay. All right. Can we make a hard transition? We are. 464-5685. Call or text as always. We will hear from Scott Frost today, right? 11 a.m.? Yeah, 11 a.m. He will talk today about everything that's happened. He'll be asked happened. questions. <laughs> he will. He'll yes. be asked questions and he will talk and answer questions. Um, so on that note, since we're pretty much starting over offensively next year for Nebraska, yeah. you got four of your five assistants are gone. Do you, the fan, do you sip... Do, do me, Jake, do, do you trust Scott Frost to get it right in terms of where this goes next? The hiring process. I'll answer your question with a question. What has he shown that would build your trust? Not enough. Offensively. Offensively. Special teams and defense. Defense, obviously, is in a good spot. Okay? Not a superb, not an elite spot, but a very good – I'd say a good to very good spot. Special teams has come around pretty well. <laughs> I know what people it's, are thinking. It's still problematic. Yeah, the specialists. Yeah. Um, but offense? You're starting no, over. It, you, are, you are effectively starting over if you have four of your five assistants gone. You're starting over. You're, you're well. You get yeah. You're. you're I mean, are, are you going to run a similar type of offense with with four? I mean, you're going to bring four guys in that run a similar type. That's what got you here in the first place. Well, I don't. The offense didn't work enough. Right. Well enough. It's an odd conversation because entering the Ohio State game, you see why this is odd. Nebraska rent was was 16th nationally in total offense. 16th nationally in total offense. But 53rd in scoring, that's the issue. Scoring is, is yeah, the issue here. That's the issue. Red zone scoring, again, is a problem. And, you know, let's face it, the, the stats were skewed by a 52-7 win against Fordham and the 56-7 win against Northwestern. You know, they're, you know, so, so yeah, it's sort of misleading. Okay, to answer your question, I don't get hung up. I'm kind of like Sean Callahan in the first segment. I don't get hung up on style. I mean, I think it's more about – there's some other things to me that are important. I think it's important to bring in a seasoned play caller, seasoned offensive coordinator who's who's called plays for called plays for multiple seasons. And I would like a if you could get a former head coach in that role, that'd be great too. You know, that would be great. Um, you know, like a Tom Herman. Tom Herman's name comes up and it and it's sure intriguing to me. He's been a head coach. He was head coach at a at a in a really difficult program to manage at Texas um, and Houston. Um, now he's an analyst at with the Chicago Bears, and that's the kind of guy you might be able to pluck if you if you give him a guaranteed contract, two years over a million dollars a year. Yeah, he might look at Nebraska depending on what other offers he has. Yep. Uh, there's like there's a guy like now Parker Gabriel had a great article today I thought he threw out some names which is I okay. think I think is fine I mean that's what people are wondering who are who, who are we talking about he mentioned Kirk Shiraka who's do you remember that name no he he was at Minnesota with PJ Fleck and he called plays he was the offensive coordinator for that prolific 2019 Minnesota okay. offense all right okay then he went to where's he Penn, at now he went to Penn State oh, okay, sorry he went to Penn State and James Franklin fired him to hire the Texas offensive coordinator, Mike Yurchich. Okay. 
Soraka, see, this is a, I mean, Parker does a great job. He, he really does. He identified like four or five names. They're just excellent. Kirk Sharock is a West Virginia analyst. So when people tell you, Jake, oh, they, who are they going to get? Who are they going to get? You There's guys out there like Kirk Sharaka that, you know, he, he might entertain the, the thought of, okay, I'm going to try to go help Nebraska turn this around. And they're going to pay me a million dollars. And, and maybe I get, you know, he's got, it's not just one year. He's going to get two years at a million dollars and maybe three if he, if he pushes the buttons right in his negotiation. I don't know. I don't know what that, I don't know what Trev would say to that. I, and I'm, I'm, I don't like to spend other people's money, but Chirac is a 56 year old, a 56 year old coach, Jake. He's worked at Minnesota and Penn state. He's, that's the kind of guy I like. There's, there are others. Um, Sonny Cumbie's interesting. Sonny Cumbie's the tech. He's the Texas Tech offensive coordinator. He's the interim head coach right now. Cumbie is a, you know he has a, a lot of experience under his belt now. He's forty years old. Um, he's had a coordinator title at Texas Tech and Texas Christian. Um, TCU. Yeah, and and as as and as and as Parker pointed out in his article today in the Journal Star. It was pretty conspicuous on the Fox broadcast. Now think about this, Jake. Parker points this out. It was conspicuous on the broadcast that Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt talked about a conversation they had with Frost in a production meeting in which Frost said Nebraska needed to recruit better in Texas. Hmm. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions. If you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here. So, so who, who, who does that? People from Texas, right. coaches who have coached in Texas right. before, right. or are from there, have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a hint? That might be a hint. Yeah. So there's a couple names. Okay, Here, here's a and, good you know, Mark Helfrich is a name. and I don't um, think people would be ecstatic about Mark Helfrich. I don't think Jake Peets is a name. Kent in Lincoln says this. I think this is a good text to point out in, in terms of all this conversation about who's going to come here. He said, you can't just throw out big names of former coaches. Do they fit what Frost wants to do? And what the conference demands. Well, there's one other thing in that. Does it fit the personnel? Okay. That's, that is, okay, those two things that the text identified are, are of supreme importance. Just as, just as important is does this coach's vision and system, can he fit it to the personnel? Okay. That's critical. Right? Yeah. And so we'll see. That's a big part. I mean, so when people say, "Hey, bring in the Army OC and we'll run triple option," okay, do you, do you have do you have any kind of roster that could do that right now? This isn't a. Trev said, "This is not a situation where we're resetting and giving Scott three to four more years." No, this guy's got to come in. This these coaches got to come in and get it done now. So you, so what I'm talking about is you have to fit the system to the personnel on hand. This can't be a slow, oh, we'll get guys as we go. 
No, it's not like we're not in that situation. Do you agree? I I do, and that but that's why this is all very interesting because now you, we talk about how, how fast does this hire need to happen. But well, you can, you can, because you can't just hire somebody because they have a good resume. It's got to fit here. It's got to make sense. Well, I don't think that has to be that difficult to do. I mean, unless you're talking about some extreme type of offense like the triple option. Um, I, now, Cumbie, I don't know exactly what Sonny Cumbie. He's from that air raid. Texas Tech, yep. Coaching tree. Yep. But I think that that's manageable. I think you can, you know, I think you can probably work. I don't know. I don't know I, what I don't, he's. I don't, I don't want to get into because I don't know what he's yeah. running. I, I don't get hung up on that discussion too much. I mean, it's a kind of the as long as it's not an extreme discussion, then you're probably okay. I, I would think you you would go after a, a coach that probably, you know, just hypothetical, probably would want to run the ball quite a bit. This conference is a I running would, conference. I would. It's hope a physical so. conference. We don't need an air raid here. I would. Hope, right. We've already tried an air raid type of offense. Yeah, I, mean, I would hope so. I it didn't hope. work with Mike Riley. I would hope so. Um, have we not learned our lesson that it's important to make running the like the the main element and not just quarterback run? It's a running back. Mm-hmm. The running back running you game. You got to have like 20, 20 carries a game with your running back. Oh, I, yeah. You got to have a guy. Uh, 15 no, to 20 carries? I don't think you have to. Have. Minnesota has made it work at a pretty high level without a guy all the time. They've had three or four guys. But they, but they, had, they, they had, had Mo Ibrahim. But they had several they dudes. They had Mo so. Ibrahim. Um, no, I get what you're saying. I don't, but don't get hung up. Ibra, on that. He was going to be their guy this year. It wasn't going to be, you know, Potts would have played, but not have been, and he got hurt too, obviously. Yeah. But it was going to be Moe's show. Yeah, I got it. I get, I get what you're saying. They, they, I'm sure they would have preferred to have one great back. They had, but they had two guys. They had, they had Brooks and they had Smith, and they had to play them both. Scott has talked. He talked in July at in Indianapolis that he has had to adjust his mindset. To the Big Ten, to the Big Ten style. It's taken some time to adjust to it, more than he probably would have liked. And now we're in a fix. Okay, that's it. That's it. It's not that it's not that simple, but that's a lot of it. It that whole spiel about the Big Ten, we hope the Big Ten has to adjust to us. Is <laughs> It didn't work out. No, not at all. It didn't work out at all. He had to adjust to the – he ultimately admitted in July in Indianapolis, in Indianapolis that he had to adjust to the Big Ten. He switched the conversation around. I mean, I think there was a certain humility required to make that statement. Um, and But it's that's what we're looking at. And more, you know what? Yeah, there's another, that other conversation that really concerns. There's another conversation that really concerns me, and that is we're all talking about next year, and there's a bunch of guys that want to win two more games, and I hope that Scott, part, I hope Jake that part of his, you know, when he has those discussions with Trev, Sunday discussions with Trev Alberts, his AD, and they talk about Scott's vision and what he, what his plan, his grand plan is. I hope that part of Scott's vision is winning two games yeah. left on this schedule. Yeah. yeah, please talk about this year still. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys on this team that deserve that. I mean, that, 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 that have worked extremely hard to try to get this right and that they, they 
need to be put in position to win these two games. It's There's a lot of guys on this team that don't care about what happens next year. They shouldn't have to care about that. Not at a high level. They have to beat Wisconsin yep. and Iowa. Yep. God, I hope that that's a – I hope – I hope that 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 Scott has has told Trev this is look look we got I can this year, man. I can I can handle the big picture and the small picture at the same time and this is how I'm going to do it. I hope that that's part of the conversation because you don't want to get embarrassed against no, Wisconsin. No, no, it's getting tiring. Not. It's getting tiring. Um, John Des Moines has a good take. He says finding coaches who have extensive knowledge of the Big Ten Conference should be a top criteria for Yo, somebody Oh, I here. like that. I like so that. So we talk about, you know, a guy who's coming. Right. That's why he'd be somebody that's, at the, you know, toward the top. But if you talk about a Sunny Cumbie or something like that, a guy that doesn't, you know, has not been in the conference. Right. Doesn't that yeah. give you the same problems you've already had? Kind of. Like UCF. Yeah. These guys came from UCF. They didn't know the Big Ten Conference. I think it could. Conference. I think it's potentially that – I think it's a potential issue. I agree, John. I, I, I think more than ever that, that is a very – important thing you, you got to find guys that understand how this conference operates you might think you can come in here with your with your special plan and your you know your offense that works somewhere else it it doesn't always work like that in this conference you got to right. find somebody that knows how to win and how to scheme in this league i totally agree with that now it's interesting though and this would not fit that um parker on his list has joe daly joe daly was the quarterback for bill callahan here um, now he's the receivers coach at Boston College, but he does have experience, pretty extensive experience as a play caller in 2019 at New Mexico and 2014 uh, through 18 at Liberty under Turner Gill. I don't, I don't think that's probably enough. I, that's probably I, not enough. I don't enough. think that's enough. But I think it's interesting. It's an interesting name to me. Because you're going to ask yourself, okay, why is he not calling plays till then? Right. If he was calling plays in 2019, why is he not doing that now? Well, he took a better job at Boston College. I mean, that's... A, a better job that's not calling plays, though. No, he's a wide receiver. He's coach. a better school, but you, all, yeah. you didn't take a promotion and went from OC to OC to bigger school. I you understand. went from OC to receivers coach. Yeah, I'm with... I, I think that... This Kirk... Yeah, Kirk... Kirk I'm with John in Des Moines. I think it makes a lot... Yeah, Kirk Shiraka yeah. would make a lot of sense. Now, now I, I wonder if they would go to him. I mean, that's a guy, again, West, West Virginia analyst, but has been a... Offensive coordinator at both Minnesota and Penn State, including that big breakthrough year at Minnesota in 2019. He was calling the plays, got hired away by Franklin, then got fired by Franklin. I think you can get a guy here. What's so funny? Jesse uh, has a text on the text line that says this. Frost was right when he was hired and said the Big Ten is going to have to adjust to us. They didn't adjust to us, and we can't win because of that. They just didn't do it. They kept doing what they were doing. They weren't scared of Nebraska, the offense they were bringing in. Yeah. So back to your question, do you trust Frost? How, what is your level of – well, I mean, I, I would ask it this way. What is your level of trust in Scott to get this right? Um, mine's – I'm not trying to be negative, but it's not high. Right. He's, he hasn't been a head coach for a long time. He was a head coach for two years prior to coming to Nebraska. I don't, I, I'm curious about his tree, his, his oh, connections out there. I don't think he has an there. extensive tree. I don't right. think he has one. This will help him What are your way. connections? This will help him. This will help him expand his coaching tree. He hasn't had to have. He hasn't had to have a big coaching tree, and he's he's you know. But uh, but 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 again, that's the problem here. You you don't have guys who just say, "Hey, you want to come work for me?" Well, this is that's where that that deep pool of money that you give your assistants at Nebraska comes in handy, right? 
I mean, money talks, Jake. There's not a lot of million-dollar jobs out there calling plays. There's not. I, I'd like to know your thought. We, we get this text. I'm sure you get a lot of emails about this and tweets, too. But I, we haven't really addressed it. And I don't I just want, I want to see if in your, idea, your eyes if it's possible or just a pipe dream people are, are dreaming of. Is it possible for Joe Gans to be the quarterback's coach at Nebraska? People are asking all the time. Well, ask all the he's time. He's coaching receivers at UNI. Okay. Um, I would like to think it's possible. I think, and I know Joe's interested. I know Joe. Um, yeah, I know he's interested, but but I think he could coach quarterbacks or receivers. He's coaching receivers at UNI right now. Joe Gans, yeah. Do I think Joe Gans could be a coach at Nebraska and a very good position coach right now? Yes. The answer is a clear-cut yes. Do I think Joe Gans, very young right now, sure. could work his way into a coordinator job someday at the college level? What do you think? I just you watched him. I did. You've listened to him in interviews. You know You know what he's made of. I, do I think he could? I, I expect him to. I mean, I'd be really disappointed if he didn't become at least a coordinator at a Power 5 school. Joe's got the kind of, kind of like charisma and quick thinking ability, I think, to ascend really high in this profession. Oh, I'd love to see his career expand at Nebraska. I would love that. He's he loves it here. I mean, that's a guy that's coming here, coming back to his alma mater, a place that he absolutely loves. Absolutely loves. Okay. Get a couple calls before we get to break. Uh, we've got Matthew and Hickman. Matthew, you're on early break. Go ahead. Good morning, fellas. Um, Hi, Matthew. I, I heard I heard something on a another show on your guys' station that really caught me off guard, and we we won't name who it was. But I've waited till this morning to bring it up because I wanted to ask you your guys' opinion. Uh, a, a co-host on your guys one of your guys' shows had said why he brought up the point. You know why would these players? Uh, go out and play as hard as they can when the administration quit on them. Okay, now here here's my thought. We all went in after this game going into the bye week saying if there's a decision that's going to be made, it needs to be made this week. On that note, everybody that I've listened to on the show also said if you're going to keep Frost, you've got to make changes around him. Mm-hmm. So, my okay, my opinion on this, just my opinion, that's not the administration giving up on these players. That's this is them giving Husker. Oh, we lost. No, him. we lost him. Into Just, this bye oh, week. Yeah, I'll, I'll shut up and look. Okay. No, okay, we lost you a little bit, but I totally. I think what he was getting at is what we kind of discussed yesterday. What a lot of fans called for changes. Okay, then and they called for him this week during the bye week, right? Yes, absolutely. and then when they're made. They say, oh, the administration gave up on the players. You can't win. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I get it. College football is that way and sports in general are that way. You just, a lot of times you just can't win. Now, to Matthew's, I mean, to Matthew's question, is this the administration giving up on the players? I, I mean, that seems like an extreme take to me, you know, like kind of a hysterical take. Um, now, I would balance that by saying – players I know that I know there's some that are upset they lost their position coaches Jake no and do I believe it. would I be concerned what kind of 
are they going to sell out? Are the players going to sell out for the program in these last two games? Understanding what just happened? Some will, but you worry. I mean, that's definitely – I mean, a lot will. A lot of the guys will. But you, that's definitely a valid concern right now. Yeah, it is. Let's talk to Parker Gabriel next on Early Break on the Ticket.